Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. So this service today, I'm going to share with you a word that God put on my heart the week before last. And so obviously back then, I thought we were going to just keep on sailing on with restrictions more and more getting lifted, not realizing that this day would come and we would not be able to continue. And I think that makes the word I'm going to share in a few minutes even more poignant. Don't forget as well, after that, Solomon will be here for ministry time, praying with you and for your loved ones, your family. Uh, don't forget the prayer text line, if you're in Australia, is 0439-134-764, or just email us through prayer at metrochurch.org, that's org.au, or of course, you can put it through on the app as well. And Solomon will be back a bit later. You know, one of the first things I remember when I met Solomon and Rosalind in the home that they were renting many years ago when they were new to the church, and I, I discovered that they rose very early every morning, the entire family, I think it was at about 4.30 in the morning, and prayed for the nation of India, where they're from, and cried out to God for that nation and for this one. And I think that's been a hallmark of their family life. And so, you know, when we bring Solomon on here to pray, this is not just some kind of, a, uh, you know, a space that a church ought to pray. We're bringing in people that are seasoned in prayer, people that are people of faith. And I know when they come into agreement with you for your needs, whatever they are, uh, I know something powerful is going to happen. I love our app, genuinely. I, I talk to neighbors or to people that I meet anywhere, and I say to them, Look, I'm going to log right on now, and I'm going to put in a prayer request. I do that on the app and know that instantly that goes out, and people start praying for that. I think it's a brilliant thing, and, and I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, look, way more people. Sven, Tracy, uh, Richard, of course, John. Hi, John. Uh, so many people on there. Wayne up at Waluna as well, Ruby. Uh, that's just so powerful and so exciting. Big shout out to all of you. You know, one of the other things I love, of course, that we've learned is that we don't actually have to be in the same building in order to be able to fellowship together. The Bible says that our fellowship is in Him, it's in the Son. And so I know that He's with us wherever you are right now. You're in fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. One of the other great things is our giving. And I love the fact that we're able to give, most of us give online anyway, either through the app or through the website, or if you're like Rhonda and I, it's just set up with our bank to do that. But let me just encourage you around that because I always like faith to be mixed in with our giving. Luke 6.38 is a verse that most Christians at least have heard. Many of us know it very well. Jesus is speaking and he says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together and running over will people bring into your life. But you know, oftentimes we know a scripture, but we don't know the context. What was the conversation that it was a part of? 
If you go back to Luke 6, it says that Jesus gathered his disciples together. All around about them was the evidence of the way religious life had been done. The Pharisees made such a big show out of their giving. They'd blow a trumpet or beat their chest. They'd call attention to the fact of their giving. And so they made such a thing out of it. And Jesus at this point gets the disciples together and says, let me talk to you about the way the kingdom works. And so he tells them about doing things in the opposite spirit. He talks about blessing those who despitefully use you. All of these things many of us know. But then he puts giving right there in the middle and offers a promise. Says give and it shall be given unto you. That's what we believe over every single one of you. If you are joining us online and you might go, oh no, I've clicked on another preacher talking about money. Please don't turn it off. Because we're not here to get money out of you. We're here to bring to you the word of God and the promises of God because God's got great blessing for your life. So let's pray over our giving. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that we can gather together. Thank you for all the stuff that is happening behind the scenes here, the people that are working, the equipment that's functioning. Lord, all of this stuff provided for by your people. Lord, I pray that as we give today, however it's happening, electronically for sure, but God, I pray that blessing will be over our giving. Lord, let Luke 6.38 come to pass in our lives in Jesus' name, let blessing overflow. Amen, amen. and amen. 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 Well, don't forget to celebrate Women Weekend. We, we trust. Well, the weekend's going to come up, that's for sure. And uh, if everything's lifted here, we'll be here for Thursday night, the fashion show and the beautiful supper. And uh, if you know Leo, by the way, when we talk about supper, it's never uh, what I grew up with in church suppers. Uh, here it's like a, a buffet extravaganza. So I know that it'll be beautiful. And it's been priced so low at only $5 deliberately so that every single one of us can invite some friends. We can host them, give them a ticket, say, I've paid for you to be able to come. I know it'll be an amazing night. There's some tremendous stories coming there. Uh, Cassie Curtisingham and uh, Hannah Olson, two people with amazing stories of what God has done in their life and through their life. And they're going to be sharing their story on the night as well. Then, of course, this Sunday morning with a special gift for every woman. And uh, then there's the photo booth there on that day. And then there's, well, there's food again, of course, because here at Metro, we do a lot of feasting. Uh, that's for sure. So anyway, I trust you can, you'll can you be a part of that. You can register at the website, by the way, for the uh, fashion show at night. That's a ladies only event, but it'll be great. Then on the Sunday night, uh, we'll be back here in the studio doing something like this again, only it's not about Mother's Day. I'm gathering together some of our international team, some of those people that have uh, weren't born in Australia, and we're going to be sharing uh, about how to grow in Christ. It actually won't just be for anyone overseas. It's for anybody that wants to learn to be a part of it. Look forward to you being a part of that on that time. Fantastic. More people on here. Hi, Gordon. Hi, all the Staffords. You are Iris and Ken and uh, Ray. Hi there. Uh, Mavis. Hi, Mavis. How you doing? It's just great to have all of you there with us today. And thank you for that. You know, Romans chapter 12 and verse 15 tells us that as believers, we are not just attenders at a church service, but it says we are to rejoice with those who rejoice, 
but also to weep with those who weep. I have counted it one of the great privileges of my life that I get to walk with people as their pastor through the difficult days. It's one thing to have people there for your party, for your celebration, but then we all know that there can come difficult days in life. And it's one of the times when you really lean in on the body of Christ, on your church family. Church family, by the way, it's not a cliche. It's not a slogan. It's not some trite uh, phrase that we trot out when we want to impress people. It really is the way we do life here at Metro Church. I'm always amazed at the level of care that people in this church have for each other. It's not a staff thing. It's not a, well, I'm the pastor thing. It's everybody caring for each other. This past week, two of our families have had some very difficult times. We all know and love Jan Green and her mum Eileen and, of course, Kathy, uh, Eileen's other daughter as well, who's in Sydney. But this week, Jan had open-heart surgery, and they were told that it was quite risky. Pastor Bruce and I had gone to see Eileen and Jan the week before and prayed with her there. But on the operating table on Friday, Jan was not able to be uh, resuscitated. She went to be with the Lord. She went straight from earth into heaven. And, you know, our great love goes to Eileen. Uh, more than words are able to express, Eileen, we love you. Uh, we're praying for you and for Kathy. And uh, we're looking forward in one sense to the celebration of Jan's life. We'll let the whole church family know when that's going to happen. You know, when I spoke with Jan, uh, only a week or so ago, she said to me, Jeff, I'm at peace with whatever the result of this is. This was her third open heart surgery in her life. She said, but I'm at peace. She said, I'm hoping that I'll have many more years. But if not, she said, I know that my Savior will look after me. It's a beautiful thing. Then only yesterday I was told that Chris and Di Brittenden's son, Dalton, uh, he also passed away uh, early that morning and Chris and Di again we love you guys you have been absolute uh, paragon examples of faith and faithfulness not only to God and this church but in the way you've walked through that illness and through all the difficulty of it our love goes out to Kendall uh, to Dalton's wife but also to Sarah Janet uh, your daughter Di and Chris and also her children uh, Tui and Tom, we love you all, and uh, we pray that the peace of God will be with you, as I know that he is. I've spoken to both families, and I know that each one of them have said, God is with us, and God's helping us, And and uh, but we also understand the humanity of our life as well. So keep praying for those families, as I know that you all will. Wow, goodness, there's people all over the place. Oh, Pakal. I just noticed people, hi, I've never been to Pakal. It's about six hours drive, I think, from Hyderabad. Uh, great to have you with us. Anil Kumar, all those in India. Jan Hopper, Heather Valentine. Well, there's just so many people there. It's so beautiful. I trust wherever you are right now, you're enjoying the presence of God. But let's go to the Word. And then after that, don't forget the prayer line, 0439-134-764 or prayer at metrochurch.org.au or go to the app. And uh, I want to share this Word that I'm, you know, I, all through this last year and a quarter, uh, I, if you were to ask me what's been the highlight 
the thing that stood out the most to you in this last year? I would tell you it's been the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Things have happened that none of us could have foreseen. We've been promised some things and then they never happened like that or many people are going, it'll all be over by. But I've kept on finding that the Holy Spirit has set me up by giving me a revelation or speaking to me a word when at the time I'd be going, really, what's that about? Only to discover within a week or two how significant and how impacting it was. So I pray that today this will be the same for you. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 22, just four verses down to verse 25. It says, Now it happened on a certain day that he, and of course that's Jesus, got into a boat with his disciples, and he said to them, remember this, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. Well, then a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. Now, I've been to that lake, by the way, and I remember asking locals, because it doesn't look that big and doesn't look that dangerous, but they assured me that squally winds can come down out of the mountains and whip up waves so big that it's dangerous to be there, and evidently that's what happens here. So they came to Jesus and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And they didn't say it like that. They're screaming above the sound of the wind and the waves. They're yelling and fear is all over their face as they cry out to Jesus. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased and there was a calm. But he said to them, where is your faith? And they were afraid. Now they were afraid before. Now they're afraid and amazed, marveled, saying to one another, who can this be? For he commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. I think it's very easy that uh, we forget what it must have been like to be the first disciples. I was thinking about this as I was preparing this message because Peter and, uh, uh, is out there fishing and Jesus says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. James and John, also fishermen, and they left their nets. It was their family business, their father's there. Matthew, the tax collector, leaves the table with all the receipts and all of the money there and simply gets up and walks and follows Jesus. And all these people have stepped out, leaving behind the comfortable and familiar lives they've known, the predictable lives they've known, and they've stepped out in radical faith, trusting Jesus. Peter's married. He's got a wife. How do we know that? Because the Bible says Jesus healed his mother-in-law and when she was sick. So they stepped out in radical faith, trusting Jesus for their future and for the future of their families. And I can only imagine what it's like when Peter goes home to his wife and says, guess what? I'm leaving my business. I'm leaving my job. I'm going to go and follow Jesus, a rabbi. And she goes, who's he? I've heard of some of the famous ones, but who's he? Well, he spoke. I knew it was God and I'm following. And she would have said, but how are we going to pay for the kid's education? And how will we pay the bills? And he says, I don't know, but I know that God will look after us. It's going to be great. And you're trying to explain to people how you have stepped out. Have you ever stepped out in faith and had people look at you and think you have lost it? You are crazy. What an 
earth are you doing this for? I believe that the same Holy Spirit that spoke to Peter and saying, follow Jesus. I believe the same Holy Spirit speaks today in 2021 to people of all kinds of backgrounds. There's people on here I see from Indonesia and India and all other parts of the world that you're with us. People in Australia, regional Western Australia, rural Australia, in the big cities. And, but the Holy Spirit is still speaking to lives and saying, come on, I want you to follow me. And sometimes that's you staying in your job and in your suburb and serving God there. Sometimes he asks us to step out with a great dream that he's put on our life. And these men have done that. And yet when they encounter adversity, like in this story, you'd only be human, wouldn't you? If your mind went back to the moment where you said yes and wondered, have I made the right choice? I think that would only be human, wouldn't it? You're out there in the middle of the storm going, and I left my job for this. I left all that I have grown up with for this. I stepped out in faith and now look what's going on in my life. I think that's human. Every one of us, when we encounter adversity and problems, difficulties in life, we wonder, did I make a misstep somewhere? Did I, uh, should I have taken a different path? Storms don't come while you're safe on the shore. Storms come after you've stepped out in faith. So many times, seriously, I love prayer. And some, you know, prayer is like a different world because I get into God's world. I get into his presence. I get his perspective. I hear his promises ringing out in my ears, my heart. And I go out of there going, woo, it's going to be amazing. But the problem is I leave that place and then come back into the world where problems beset us and pressures come. And the number of times I've left the place of prayer or the place of praise and then discover an incredible challenge coming against my life. You decide to serve and then pressure comes on your time. All of a sudden, you know, something occurs that soaks up that space you had dedicated to God. Or you determine to give and pressure comes on your finances. I want you to remember this. Storms come always after you've begun the journey. And because storms come then, because they come then, we can get tempted to let go. And I want to give you today a, a few things here about letting go and not letting go. Because like a ship that's left the harbor on a clear night with favorable winds, and then a storm arises and strikes, we get asked the question, am I going to backtrack for the safety of the harbor? We get asked the question, will I press them? Come on, every visionary I've ever known, every God-given dream, whether it's something that's world-renowned, and I know many people like that, or whether it's something that's smaller, whether it's something I remember when I left my job to go working at the church there where I started. And uh, I remember within a week having a, a someone ran into my car. It wasn't even my fault. But every bit of money that I had saved up went into the repair of that. And that wasn't a big deal. And I wasn't well known. And it wasn't some kind of massive, well, I don't know if it was an attack. I just know this, that right at that point, I get asked the question, in the middle of a storm, am I going to keep going 
or am I going to run back for the safety of the harbor? Am I going to settle back into safety? Galatians chapter 3 and verse 3 puts it in uh, a different context. It talks about our emotional life and our thought life. And he says, having begun in the spirit, are you now going to be perfected by the flesh? This is what it says in the message version. Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. And if you weren't strong enough or smart enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? I want to be a part, listen, I want to be a part of something that takes God to finish it. Maybe you got the dream from God. Maybe that dream of enrolling in that university course was a seed from God to your heart. Maybe, you know, the, the thing you're praying for your, for your family. You got started in that by a thought from God, by a promise from God. And Galatians 3 says, why do you think that if God, it took God to start it, you're now on your own? We so easily start looking to ourselves to complete it. He says, that's crazy. That's never going to happen. So let me give you these things. There's eight of them. So some of you are going to need to go back and listen to this again because I'm not sure we're going to be able to put them up for you today in this service, but uh, I'll go slowly so you can get a hold of them, all right? Number one, we are tempted to let go when God seems absent and circumstances oppose us. We tended to let go when the feeling of God's presence, you know, the way some Christians talk about it, they walk around in a big cocoon of the heavenly father's arms wrapped around them every moment of the day. But I don't actually think that's most people's experience at all. I think we have moments where we certainly are aware of God's great presence and we love that. I hope that's often for you. But I also know that there's other times when we go, God, where are you? The psalmist over and over again says, Lord, where have you gone? What's happening in my life? And we are tempted to let go when God seems absent. I remember saying to someone many, many years ago, I said, I feel like God's lost my address. I was struggling, trying to find my way through some difficulties. And it seemed like every prayer did nothing at all. It felt like no matter what I did, God's help wasn't there. And we're tempted to let go. It's a bit like the disciples after Jesus is crucified saying, we're going fishing. What are they saying? We're going back to the familiar. We're going back to what we know. We are tempted to let go when God seems absent and circumstances and pressure come. Secondly, we're tempted to let go when we lose sight of the original vision. Remember what Jesus said in verse 22? He said, let us go over to the other side. I'm really trusting today that the Holy Spirit is speaking to so many of you here and saying, come on, you started. Let's go over to the other side. You might be in a real tough patch right now. And I'm not speaking about COVID necessarily. Maybe it's got nothing to do with that. Maybe it's a family issue or a business issue or, or a health issue. We are tempted to let go when we lose sight of the original vision. I remind myself often of the word that brought Pastor Rhonda and myself from the other side of Australia to Perth. Someone asked me this week, they said, 
why did you come? Why did you leave family and all, all the people you knew? Why did you come? And I said, because God put a word in their heart. But the word wasn't go. The word was, this is what I want to do. And really, honestly, it's only been that that has kept us on this journey. My daughter, my eldest daughter, texted me, oh, dear, be a couple of months ago now. She said, Dad, I was praying and I felt like this was a word for the church. And I shared it with the staff, but no broader than that. But I looked at it only yesterday because like a lot of the promises of God, I like to print them out and put them up where I can see them so I don't just hear it once. And so I printed up this verse and put it there. And it says, you're going to say, where did all these descendants come from? Where did all these people come from? And I've got to be honest, I look at Metro Church Online, the numbers are so ridiculous that I look at it. I, I only tweaked on it yesterday, literally in my study, looking at the scripture and going, oh, that's it. It's come to pass. And I believe it'll come to pass even more. Can I just say too, a massive thank you to the people of Metro who for all these years, you've been faithful in your giving and in your support and your faith, your prayer. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing all this. You've trusted us when we've come up with really strange ideas like Yes Text. That at the time we're going, we'd never heard of it. Wasn't like there was a big worldwide trend. We just started that thing. But the fruit of that now, and, and I value the fact that you have trusted us. We're tempted to let go when we lose sight of the original vision that God gave us. Here's number three. We're tempted to let go when we listen to others' voices, others' opinions, and others' experiences. You know, if uh, you encounter a problem, there will always be somebody who can tell you how badly it's going to turn out. They're there to tell you their auntie had it, their brother-in-law got it, you know, something or other like that. And we're tempted to let go when the voices of the crowd speak loud to us. We're tempted to let go when other people's voices, other people's opinions, other people's experiences... You know, Gideon is a favorite guy in scripture for me. There was not one civic leader in his history as far back as he could go. He said, I'm the least of my father's house. We are the least family in the least tribe. In other words, if you were to pick the family in Israel that was the least leadership orientated, you would have gone straight to Gideon's family's door. And yet God went there and picked him up and he became the first. The people of Israel actually came back. They said, we want you to rule over us and your sons. And all of a sudden, leadership came into that environment. Listen to me. You may be the first in your family to go to university. You might be the first in your family to start your own business. You might be the first believer in your family. Don't allow the voices and the opinions and the experiences of others to cause you or to pressure you to let go. Here's number four. We're tempted to let go when time passes without change. I know of nothing more calculated to leak vision out of your life than unchanging circumstances and unchanging environment. You know, when everything around about you just seems to be the same. You've heard the promise of God, you've believed it, and nothing happens. 
you pray and God speaks to you and encourages you. But then you walk out and everything looks just the same. Come on, don't tell me you don't know what that's like. You prayed for your family or your loved ones and, and lo and behold, you go back out of the place of prayer and things look just the same as they always were. And we're tempted to let go when time passes without change. Fifthly, we're tempted to let go when we've exhausted our efforts and our resources. I love that lady in Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. You can tell when I get to heaven, I'm going to go straight to Jesus. And uh, obviously that'll be the first port of call. But I'm going to start looking around the crowd. I want to go and chat to Gideon and uh, to the woman with the issue of blood in Mark 5. I reckon both of them are probably going to say, you finally got here. Good. At last you'll stop speaking about us uh, because I think I, I work those two really well. But, you know, I love the story of this woman. It says that, that she'd spent everything she had on many physicians and wasn't any better, but rather grew worse. And then it says when she'd heard of Jesus. Now, I've got no doubt she heard of Jesus before that, but she never came to Jesus until she'd exhausted all of her own effort and all of her own resources. How many times we let go of vision and we rush over to our abilities and our effort and our gifts and our talents. We're tempted to let go. I'm encouraging you today more than I, I, I know how to, I hope I can, can convey it to you. I want us all to go, God, I'm living in a space that needs you. It might be a problem. It might be an adversity. It might just be that to bring to pass everything God has put in your heart, you're going to need God. Don't let go. He's number six. We're tempted to let go when we think he's forgotten us. They come to Jesus, who's asleep in the boat, and they say, Master, don't you care? When we think God has forgotten who we are, I would say along with that, it's usually we think he's forgotten us because we haven't been walking with him. We've let go the things that we know we ought to do or we've strayed in our character in some way or other. And we get to that point and we don't think he's forgotten us. We just think he won't want to know us. We're a bit like the prodigal saying, I'll come home and tell him I'll serve him, but he won't want to know me. And rather than that, the father greets him. The first thing he does is greets him with a kiss. You don't kiss the servant. You know, you kiss the people that you're close to. And that, the importance of that kiss can never be overestimated. Listen to me. Whoever you are, wherever you are, God wants to be close to you. Oh, you say, oh, yeah, but Jeff, you don't know what I've done. I go, yeah, but you don't know how great God is. You don't know that his mercies are everlasting, that they're, they're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. That God, come on, God is with us. Come on. I want you to get this today. I'm not trying to preach you a sermon. I want to part something and I know God does to every one of our lives number seven we're tempted to let go when the voices of fear seem louder than the word we heard I was thinking about this yesterday because many years ago I had a major sickness and illness and you know it wasn't looking great uh, there was hope but it was certainly a big challenge and I remember googling it I only ever did it once and there were so many things on there telling me how bad it was going to be. I never looked at it ever again. Uh, instead of that, honestly, I went to the Word of God and I went to the presence of God. And, and then I started putting up 
still to this day, believe it or not, this is many years later, if you will go into our ensuite of our, our uh, bedroom, there on the mirror is the original scripture typed out from all those years ago. I leave it there where the Lord spoke and said, this is what I'm going to do. I've cast out the enemy from out of your midst. You know, my, you know, I'm going to surround you and I'm going to look after you and you're going to live. And I, I put that there because I know how quickly the voices of fear want to come up. You know, in Mark 5, again, when the woman gets healed of the issue of blood, Jairus has to wait and it's his daughter that lies at the point of death. And when they come and say, you know, sorry, it's too late. Jesus says, be not afraid, only believe and begins to walk with him. Why? Because the voices of fear can sound incredibly loud. What was the word you've heard? Come on. You started that business because you felt prompted and because there was a dream in your heart that you were going to become a blessing. Now you've struck some difficulty and you go, well, I want to encourage you, go back to the word that you heard. Go back to that. Did you start that university course because you really wanted your life to count and you feel like God's got something great for you and you start it and now you're in second year and it's way harder than first? Come on. Don't just go and hit the books harder. That's a pretty good idea. Some of you, I don't know who you are, but some of you are going, I'm in this course and my brain is not absorbing what I need to absorb. I want to encourage you before you just run back and bail out of that, get before God and say, God, I'm in the place where I need you. I, I, you started me on this. I didn't do this just out of my own will. I think it was your will. So Lord, I'm trusting you to help me. Here's the last one, number eight. We are tempted to let go when our vision is greater than our stamina. Think about that a minute. We're tempted to let go when our vision, that is our imagination, our dream of what could be, is greater than our stamina or our endurance. I think every person with a vision will at some point or other need stamina and endurance in their life. And I've met many people, honestly, for whom they had a great vision. It came from God. It was wonderful and powerful. But you know, the vision that they had was greater than their ability to persevere. You've got to develop both. The vision comes from God, but you and I have to build endurance in our life in Jesus' name. I pray that you will be the kind of person who will lean in and lean on God's grace. Lean in to God. I believe this is a season, not because of COVID, I just believe it's the time when every single one of us needs to say, God, what do you want for my life? And I'm leaning in for everything. I refuse to let the devil get the victory because Jesus died. The cross, the blood, and the name. The cross of Christ that, that dealt with my past. The blood of Jesus that overcomes the wicked one by the blood of the Lamb, we're told in Revelation. And the name that empowers us to go. Those three things witness to us that God's grace is there in abundance for us. Come on. God is there. Come on. God's there for you. Come on. Open up your heart and your mind today. I'm not trying to give you a talk. This is not a... You know, some, this is not a sermon. Um, I'm praying that wherever you are, something of the energizing power of the Holy Spirit is stirring you 
to say, God, I want all that you promised, everything that you offered. God, I want to step into that in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us go over to the other side. It's so important for every single one of us, not because you're a leader with a title, but because you're a believer with the Lord. Amen. Now, you may be a part of this service. I'm sure lots of you are, and not just live, but maybe you've come across this on YouTube or Facebook at some other point, and you're here and you're a part of this service. Or maybe you're actually live with us right now, and you know in your heart that though you have an affection for Jesus, and that someone asked you, what do you think about Jesus? You say, oh, I think he's a wonderful teacher or a great leader or a wonderful religious figure. But the Bible never, ever says those things are what Jesus was about. The Bible says this, that Jesus said, I want to come into your life. The Bible says that Jesus wants to be your savior and your Lord. He wants to walk with you, not way ahead of you. He's not in heaven waiting for you. He says, I want to come into your life. And I know we live in a world where, you know, I think sometimes we're so uh, wary of getting caught that trust becomes difficult. But if you will say yes to trust in Christ. I was 19. It's a long time ago now. And I've got to go back to kind of remember it. But I do remember it, and I don't know how I'd explain it to you. It wasn't an upbringing thing. It was an awareness of the reality of God. I can explain it no other way, but I've seen this happen thousands of times in people's lives where they weren't talked into it. They weren't dialogued and debated until they got convinced. But they became aware that God was real and that he wants to be with them. And all we do is we say yes to Christ. I think you can hear from this message today. I'm not suggesting that you've got to be perfect to be a Christian or that you'll be perfect just because you are one. No, you'll be human like all of us. But I'd rather be human with all my challenges walking with Jesus who loves me. I found that Jesus' love is more constant and more reliable than the love of any person. And he wants to come into your life. He really does. I believe there are people today, you're a part of this service and you need to say yes to Jesus. And if you will just simply say, Jesus, I'll trust you. You can do it very easily by texting yes to this number that's up on the screen for you. 0488 826 392. If you text yes, why yes, that's all it is to that number. Then the very next day, we will start sending you, if it's on one screen of your smartphone, We'll send you a Bible verse that's different every day. We'll send you a prayer different every day so you can start talking to God and, and begin the journey of walking with Christ. We'll send that every day for 30 days. You can opt out whenever you like. We'll never spam you. We'll never write and ask you for anything. It comes from our church and nowhere else. It's us wanting to say we're going to help you. And you know, every single week people say yes and start getting this. There's many series after that if you want to go on with those. But at no point along the way will we ha hassle you or pressure you. We believe God's put us here to intersect with your life and hold up the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. 0488 826 392 if you're in Australia. If you're outside of Australia, 
that text number won't be any good for you. You'll need to go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au. Yes.metrochurch.org.au. And the same thing will come to you via email every day. And it'll be our joy to partner with you. In a minute, uh, Solomon Partha is going to come. And I've actually asked him to give a big shout out and to pray for all the people in India. Our news over here at the moment is full of the challenges that India is facing right now. And I want you to know that whether you're in India or in Europe or South America, so many places where we've got family and friends and loved ones out of this church, uh, that we're praying for you. So I've asked Solomon to, to do that as well. I've asked him to speak in Telugu because I know for some of you, that'll be your first language. And so if, you're, uh, if your first language is English, the whole thing won't be in Telugu. Just bear with Solomon a minute. But before we do that, I see people on here responding to the message. And so I really want to pray for all of you before Solomon comes. Father, I thank you for your word to us. Thank you, Lord, that you have invited us to go on a great and exciting journey with you. Lord, every one of our lives, there's nobody, Lord, that's just part of the pack. There's no one that just fits in the crowd and, they're, well, they're irrelevant to your purpose. Lord, no one's like that. Every one of us matters. Every one of us is called and every one of us, God has got an important part to play. I pray for people today, Lord, whether they've been Christians from for a long time or whether they're just saying yesterday, I pray God that every one of us will hear in our heart, let us go over to the other side. We won't let go. Rather, we'll lean in and lean on in Jesus' name. Hey, God bless you all. Thank you for being a part of Metro Church Online. Uh, Pastor Hayden Glass is going to be with you tonight at five, live at five. It's going to be absolutely great. Hey, God bless you.